Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live. Top of the news this evening is speculation concerning the real facts behind the Department of Health announcement about a radioactive spill supposed to have occurred yesterday at the state nuclear plant. You will die only to live again in a younger body. Then you can tell me if the operation was a success. I could easily kill you now, but I'm determined to have your brain. You're listening to the Really Awful Movies podcast, a celebration of genre cinema. From our downtown Toronto headquarters, here's episode 416 of the Really Awful Movies podcast. Megan. Now, uh, with all the uh, fuss and the hype and the hubbub surrounding uh, ChatGPT, it's uh, interesting, to say the least, to be able to examine a film that uh, predated the hype around that uh, AI technology and uh, in, in many ways uh, talks about how uh, human beings and their relationship to technology is uh, constantly evolving. And, uh, doing so in a way that is more in keeping with the Internet of Things style reboot of Child's Play than the actual uh, original Chucky doll killer movie to which it's oft and I think uh, less accurately compared. Now, this is another Blumhouse uh, production, and uh, I admit when I was uh, viewing this, my heart sank a bit when I saw BH appear the, uh, in the um, intro, as uh, Jason Blum's production house is not uh, something I'm a, I'm a fan of. I've never really warmed to the Paranormal Activity movies, don't really care for uh, Purge movies, and uh, as I've mentioned before on the podcast, I think there's a few standouts that aren't terrible, like maybe a Sinister or something, which is very, very adept and deft and uh, well-acted, but there's stuff like Blumhouse's Fantasy Island, which is a, a kind of kind of a train wreck that almost veers into the almost the opposite direction just because it's so audacious and so ridiculous that you almost can't help but in some way appreciate it. But there's not, I think, a singular film in uh, amongst uh, everything that Blumhouse has touched that you could point to and say that's something that is absolutely essential viewing other than uh, perhaps Creep and uh, there are very few. I mean the the batting average for this production house would have it uh, be sent to the miners immediately so yeah not not a fan right off the bat. When, when you have a, a, like a very goofy kind of conceit, if it's one thing I think the 70s taught us and when you look at a film like a Grizzly or uh, something like The Day of the Animals or Orca or any one of these things, it's like when you have a goofy concept and you, have, you don't have maybe the uh, financial means of really pulling it off to the greatest extent by having, uh, you know, whiz-bang special effects or any kind of thing, you, you really do benefit from having a cast that plays it straight and treats something utterly ridiculous with the utmost in gravitas. And I think that actually makes things funnier. 
when you put forward that you're campy, that's fine, but campiness can only take you so far because then there's a certain set of histrionics that you associate with being campy. And this this is a film that kind of reminds me a little bit of the uh, re 3D reboot of Piranha. It has that glossy sheen. It lacks really what I come to expect and nay demand of the horror genre in terms of uh, really generating suspense. And I think it just has a uh, kind of an MTV music video sheen and feel. And it just, it, right off the bat, I'm not a fan of how this one was lensed. And this is something that I put a lot of stock in, something I thought a lot about, and something that can make or break a movie. And I think the, the latter when it comes to Saw, which is just a, a tonally weird with just uh, it, it could have really benefited I think from having a smaller budget and having a real dark and and a really rusty and more uh, textured and organic uh, sensibility than having this sort of blue soundstage look that it had and it just took me out of it as did I think the fact that you have a, a protagonist who's constantly torturing victims it, it sort of runs out of gas really quickly and uh, I think it's um, I think that's kind of a creative uh, cul-de-sac and I'm not a fan of torture porn style movies at the best of times with that one I don't think really served any kind of function the Saw movies are really uh, lost on me and while I appreciate the ingenuity that came from uh, the antagonist ultimately they uh, leave it bad taste in my mouth as does actually Megan. This is going to be a, a contrarian take and obviously there are perils uh, of being associated with uh, contrarianism for the, its own sake. Immediate gainsaying of uh, something is uh, philosophically unstable and uh, you know famously Christopher Hitchens didn't like being called contrarian although he often was in the, um, in the press because you're just uh, deemed as being uh, this uh, sort of gadfly who's just uh, poking the bear and uh, just saying things just to get a rise out of people. But uh, I'm not a fan of Megan. I don't care what the 93% uh, Rotten Tomatoes has to say about this. And uh, for all its supposed satirical elements, uh, they're kind of lost on me. And it, it is a film that I think is uh, tonally off, that is uh, lacking in uh, atmosphere, and thinks it's smarter than it is, which is, uh, I think, a, a really, really big debit. And you can point to one of the CEO, who's the creator of this doll and this this uh, funky, and it's an obvious nod to Funko Pop uh, toys, I think. But this uh, the CEO of this uh, company says says, oh, we kicked Hasbro in the dick, and it's this kind of thing. Like no movie worth its salt that I consider satirical or. Uh, really sharp or sardonic or funny would have that be a line. It's just dumb as hell. Again, if you're going to play this uh, campy type uh, role and you have this, uh, this strange Svengali figure who's got this company that he runs and he's in, manu in the business of manufacturing this... Uh, these dolls, the the uh, titular doll, which is like way more animated than any, anything that uh, Howard Stern and maybe uh, 20 years ago in talk radio on, you know, proponents and fans of the real doll might have envisioned. This is actually a real doll, uh, much like a Pinocchio is a real boy, right? This this doll is pretty amazing, and it it comes to life and animates itself and is consciously put together by a uh, you know a evil corporation much like in, in the way of a child's play but i would say that uh, in in the movie megan it has i think more in common uh, although this is i think being overly generous but uh, to the likes of uh, ex machina but i mean i don't want to you know paint them the same brush because obviously ex machina is a very dark thoughtful 
brooding, sinister, and and uh, tension-fueled exercise in this one resolutely is not. And um, it just really is weird, and a particular uh, sticking point for me when it comes to comedy is the uh, ooga, like uh, double takes toward the camera when some, somebody says something. It's something that turned me off of the American version of The Office, which, while funny, is uh, has a certain obviousness about it that the uh, superior Ricky Gervais one did not. So you don't have to do a double take, and there's these scenes where there's a boardroom of this uh, corporation and they're uh, doing this test with this uh, young subject who um, is the niece of one of the uh, engineers of the the company played by uh, Allison Williams and uh, they're all like it's this kind of focus group to see how they're going to be marketing this doll and they're all just doing double takes and it's supposed to be funny it just it lands with a, a dull thud I, I don't know I just uh, I, f I find this one uh, so lacking in so many ways and I, th I think I was sort of validated when I found out later that this was fine-tuned to show we say actually and ironically in a focus group because what you had was a trailer or something I think that was an associated TikTok phenomenon that blew up it had this doll antagonist associated with it of all things a Taylor Swift song and the thing blew up and, and what the production house had on its hands was I guess a good problem to have in that you're creating a massive massive online buzz but then you had to change some of the uh, facets of your film to really uh, address the fact that your audience is uh, not what you possibly might have intended and I think they really realized that for, to get better bang for their buck, for their production buck, uh, they would have uh, been better served and uh, were better served to actually make this PG-13 fair and uh, have as wide and mass appeal an audience as befits the uh, younger Gen Z demo that really interfaces with uh, TikTok and whatnot. And, and that could be fine in its own right because there are horror films in the horror space that aren't uh, overly violent but are still somewhat impactful. I think The Changeling probably has a PG-13 rating. Or, and the original, obviously, Child's Play was not, nothing particularly violent. But And I'm talking about the original Child's Play. There's a certain texture and certain liveliness and a certain undeniable low-budget charm and uh, organic, I think, appeal that that one had. And it was just kind of a small movie that... It didn't take itself seriously, and then, well, some of the later uh, Child Play sequels, I don't think, uh, were were that great. Although Bride of Chucky has its moments and whatnot, but it, it was just kind of a, a quirky small movie, and it really benefited from its uh, scene setting in Chicago and and the, the toy season and the the big media hype surrounding that toy. And this one, I don't know, it just focuses a lot more on the AI side of things, as probably befits the the zeitgeist and the Chat GPT and everyone is going on and using that. AI AI linguistic device to generate things like oh songs that Jay-Z might have recorded and doing weird collabs in it so that is of its time but there's uh, a certain I think also emotional deadness to this movie and which is kind of uh, weird and uh, and uh, maybe somewhat ironic too given this is about a uh, sentient doll and um you know, when when I was thinking also too that NYPD is uh, experimenting with uh, ro robotic uh, cops, and it's almost like some dystopian uh, RoboCop kind of scenario. But the performances here are just there's a, there's a real lack of emotional resonance. And uh, when you see out of the gate, you have uh, this child whose parents are killed in an automobile accident. And she has to go live with her aunt, who is played by Allison Williams, obviously from Girls and The, the Perfection, and, and Get Out, uh, quite a fine actress in her own right, although I was not a big fan of Girls, but it's there's just a, such a lack of 
emotion, emotional uh, draw to this. And it's supposed to be an impactful thing where you have a young child who's shuffled off to uh, live with her aunt in some completely different circumstances. And this is just glossed over, and this is supposed to be some pivotal key plot point and there's just no drama no gravitas no impact no nothing and you could say well fine it's a killer doll movie well then you have to know what you are do you want to be a movie that's taken seriously because if not then uh, maybe you shouldn't have a heavy duty moment in it or you know like you can't just kill off a couple of main characters and then just move on as if nothing happened and it just doesn't serve the narrative uh, well at all just to have these two uh, characters uh, connect with one another. I think Allison Williams is a little bit uh, miscast here as a um, robotics uh, AI engineer. I mean, th this one uh, I think is uh, penned by Akella Cooper, and and I, I think this betrays a bit of a misunderstanding as to what uh, engineers are all about. It, this is Allison Williams is supposed to be this. I mean, she's just too pretty to be one of these uh, AI engineering types. It's just cliches and uh, stereotypes are often true for a reason. And I uh, worked in a college in my uh, previous job before becoming a journalist, and I was uh, doing communications and uh, doing grant proposals for the research arm of a college. And I can tell you, and as as uh, a college whose father and uncle are engineers and numerous engineering colleagues and engineers are a different breed of people altogether and this uh, Allison Williams character did not resonate with as uh, a techie type it just uh, both her and her colleague at the lab this model 3 generative Android that she's building uh, her dealings with uh, the company CEO it, it just uh, landed with a thud again with me it's just not right off the bat I see a little bit of uh, you know wokeness seeping into this where you have two of the three people being engineers despite the vast majority of engineers being uh, male eggheads uh, with the uh, and it's true to a certain extent with lacking in social skills the uh, the characters are not really uh, well realized or wholly uh, developed and uh, despite director uh, Gerard Johnstone inviting you to empathize with and get involved with them and you could say well this is a goofy movie you, know, you don't need to be involved in the characters but fair fair point but then don't uh, give us this protracted backstory inviting me to warm to these characters if you're not going to ha have that. Like, you can't have your cake and eat it too. You're either a goofy movie that's not to be m taken seriously with characters who are very, um, with a patina of depth, uh, or, or you, you're supposed to be wholly weighted in this uh, Gemma roboticist. The, these people are not not compelling in any way. Although there's a pretty good, I think, performance by uh, the niece of uh, the roboticist uh, named uh, Katie. Who's, uh, quite good. I'm not sure the actor's name, but the other, I think, debit is uh, Ronnie Chang who's this uh, very uh, awful comedian from The Daily Show and has this kind of uh, ethnic comedy like Asian parents are like this and we like math and all this and it just the 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 nadir of comedy I think well uh, other than prop comedians and uh, musical comedy I think the bottom feeders of the stand-up genre are ethnic comedians I think the best ones are maybe Sebastian Maniscalco and uh, Russell Peters but that's like saying you have the, the, the coolest Ford Taurus. I like some of Maniscalco stuff because I'm Italian, but ultimately it's not great material, but he sells it well. And uh, Russell Peters just does this kind of thing. Oh, everyone's different. And oh, all these quirks different ethnicities have. And it's it doesn't speak, like you will never have a, a gut punch 
laugh out loud moment with one of these ethnic comedian types. Uh, there's so many. Every ethnic group has their own uh, comedian, and they're occasionally clever, but they're not really particularly laugh out loud, uh, gut punch funny. And Ronnie Chang fits into that category. Not a fan of his crappy comedy, and you know, what, I'm gonna punch Hasbro in the dick. And it just this this movie is a dumb movie. And uh, if it's not meant to take itself seriously, well, it succeeded and it should have been. I think it might have benefited from taking itself more seriously given the um, heavy-duty subject matter of having uh, like a singularity type sci-fi conceit where machines take over. And it's, it's a long story, a tradition to have this uh, kind of thing. It's, it's like the, the standard cliche of uh, sci-fi storytelling, but there's... Uh, so much more that could have been done to uh, to bring this motion capture uh, robot to life, uh, so to speak. I mean, there's other films of this ilk, and and I can't say I'm a, I'm a fan of uh, killer doll movies broadly. Like I'm not some sort of uh, child's play fanboy by any means. I think it's a seven out of ten film. Uh, Annabelle, I'm not really keen on. I think the best of its ilk. I mean, uh, Ex Machina is probably uh, head and shoulders above it, but it's not a horror film in the traditional sense. It's more of a, of a thriller and a dark, brooding uh, romance, if anything. But uh, I, I think probably Pin punches above its weight, that uh, Canadian exploitation film, where uh, it that's a one that really understands the importance of uh, silence and uh, the importance of... Uh, of spacing and pacing and uh, how you introduce uh, sentience to something that's uh, inanimate. And I, I think you know, there's an instance where uh, Gemma's neighbors, Jenna ha Gemma has this uh, interaction with her neighbor and the, the Megan doll is assumed to be just a, a normal part of uh, the, the, the backdrop of, of her uh, living situation. I mean, it's so ridiculous because you would think the neighbor would be going, holy shit, a, a sentient talking doll. This thing is unbelievable because these devices have come such a long way in, in j even the last 10 years to really, uh, we're going to, I think, see something uh, once it um, it morphs with uh, chat GPT we're gonna see we're gonna really uh, find ourselves in in a really a sci dystopian sci-fi scenario in about 10 years but I don't know I just if this this um, prototypical, Doll. It hasn't been released on the market yet, and so revolutionary and so mind-blowing. Then people's minds should be blown. You can't just have it just be part of the the landscape. I don't, I don't know. There there's certain smarts to it, but I I, I don't know. I just uh, think there there's a kernel of a good movie in here that could have been uh, better told. And uh, I don't think I think I do think they really built on and uh, improved in many respects the original Child's Play by having this uh, kind of uh, big corporate. Facebook type entity developing this uh, this and they, the animatronics are really cool and uh, the the tech behind this is pretty badass. I mean they did adeptly and adroitly use digital visual effects that are, are quite compelling but not really serving anything in in the way of uh, something I can really get behind as a as a very very compelling or interesting tale. Just has this you know a difficult and a nebulous concept to describe but this kind of a the weird uh, sheen and uh, goofiness that uh, really doesn't doesn't uh, hold a lot of sway with me. I'm going to give this probably a two and a quarter out of five, and I'm definitely going to revisit and see if I can uh, put it into better context with uh, these these kinds of movies and uh, see if there's uh, more more depth to, to this than I'm actually giving it uh, credit. But we'll see. Anyway, hope you enjoyed the show, and I'll talk to you soon. Take care.
Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of the values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live.